98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon. It's time for Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So as the Cardinals get ready to play the Panthers on Sunday, there is a stat that has surfaced regarding Kyler Murray running the ball. When Murray records at least 10 rushing attempts, the Cardinals are an impressive 9-1. When he doesn't see more than five carries, Arizona is 3-17-1. With one of the wins coming in week two, so it's a glaring 0-11-1 when he rushes less than four times. So, what does that mean for this weekend? Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and I want your prediction. How many rushing attempts do you think Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray will have on Sunday? Five. Well, then, hold on. I mean, oh, what sorry. if that's not an option? <laughs> what if it goes one through four, six through ten? So your options are zero to two, three to five, six to eight, or nine or more. Uh, I'll take the three to five, Mel. Yeah, he'll be in that three to five range. What he had, I think he said he said 12 for the year, so he's averaging right around four. I don't think they're going to change it very much. So, yeah, I'll go three to five. So 41% agree with you guys. They say three to five. 25% say zero to two. 24% say six to eight. 10% say nine or more. And we're getting more into this Kyler Murray running the ball next segment. Oh, okay. So you can't scratch that itch yet, Pony. Okay, but... Oh, Pony. Oh, no. That's what his brother's call him. Have you watched his uh, new podcast? Well, I've seen part of it. I saw enough to see that. I haven't seen the whole thing. They've only only done two episodes, right? Three. Don't don't worry about it. The third was posted on ArizonaSports.com this morning. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. That's the worst. So uh, when somebody asks you about the podcast you're promoting and your response is, don't worry about it. That's right. Exactly. No, I'm I'm just telling you right now, it's, it's some of the funnest stuff I've ever done because of it's with my brothers. Craig's even missing a tooth. <laughs> See, Anywho. Is, what just, you? just give him okay. material to Maloney. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Craig, what are you doing? Just put the cap in. What are you doing, Craig? Okay, next. The Cardinals haven't beat the Panthers since 2013. Jeez. Okay. So has Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph gone back to watch some old film on Cardinals Panthers? You do. You do. You know, obviously, Coach Rule's been there for the last two games. You know, so you go back and look at those games, even though Ben Mackett was the coordinator now, he's a head coach. He's an offensive guy. So that kind of helps me just go back and look at what they did against us two years ago. And it's really common. It's, it's almost the same stuff. Obviously, every plan changes, but the key is it's McCaffrey. I mean, if he's playing, to take him away first. And that's how we order business. And then after that, figure it out. But if he's having success, that's a problem for our defense. What do the Cardinals need to do to break that trend on Sunday? It is, it's crazy to me that they play this team every year because I remember doing this last year and trying to pull up what they've done against Carolina. And I mean, they just they play them every year and they lose to them every year. So, I mean, Vance Joseph just said it right there. You're going to need to stop Christian McCaffrey if he plays. But I, honestly, Wolf, if the Cardinals could just go out there and have an offensive eruption, and maybe it's tough in the weather yeah. this weekend, but if they could put up 30, they'll win the game. And they should be able to do that. No, I think you're right about that. If they could put up 30, I think, heck yeah, they'll win the game right now. What they need to 
do is force Baker Mayfield to beat him. That's what they need. And it, listen, I, I I like Baker Mayfield. Um, there's a lot of people out there who don't. I like him. Um, I'm not sure I'd want him to be my starting quarterback. I'm just saying. He's good in commercials. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I, I like him. I think he's a tough guy. I think he, he goes about his business, and he, he is a competitor. I just don't know if he's very gifted. I, I don't know how talented he is, but I'm going to force him to beat me, and that's what the Cardinals need to do. And if that means you need to jam up the box and do whatever you need to and take chances on the outside and force Baker Mayfield to beat you, so be it. So we have some Suns news, guys. Is it Ma- good? Yeah, I think okay. so. Right. So Monty Williams today announced that Cam Johnson is starting at the four. Okay. Was Jay Crowder there for the announcement? Or? Uh, yeah, He's not showing up to training camp, remember? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so there it is. Oh, so. Um, Can we read into that? Would you read into that? Yes, we've been um, reading into it since before it was even announced. yes. <laughs> I hope that's not the only reason Jay Crowder's not here. Although I guess it's a double-edged sword. I don't want there to be more to it and some sort of problem. But I really hope he's not just like, oh, Cam's going to start. I'm out of here. Because they are going to miss Jay Crowder. Jay, you know what's so weird about this? Jay is such a grizzled veteran. Would you call him a grizzled veteran? Sure. Jay Crowder. Oh, man, just grizzled. And yeah, Cam Johnson just seems he was the backup. The exact opposite. And just the exact opposite hey guys, of grizzled. Let's right? play basketball. I mean, and I love Cam Johnson. I think this guy is a much better athlete than people give him credit for. He's capable of doing more than just shooting a three. And he's a better defender in a... He, he's his intensity level, I think, needs to get a little better himself when he goes about his business. But, um, yeah, he doesn't strike me as the grizzled veteran. And I like that because I think he's in the process of still developing. I, I like him starting. I just they need to replace Jake Crowder if they're not going to have him. You can't keep losing these these guys like him and JaVale McGee. Did, Maloney, did somebody ask Monty about that? That's a weird thing to just be like, hey, we're announcing a starter. So I'm assuming so because it was him addressing the media. Okay, yeah. All right. But don't know for a fact, but I will let you know okay. once that sound is sent over. New York Yankees star Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run of the season last night against the Blue Jays, tying Roger Maris's American League record. And the payoff. There it goes to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run Judgeian blast. Here comes the judge. A two-run blast, and the Yankees take a 5-3 lead on number 61 for Judge. Now, amazing. <laughs> yeah. A fan in left field came painfully close to securing a huge payday. Instead, he watched a historic home run ball bounce into the bullpen. Wow. So how would have like you guys handled the situation? Would you have given the ball back? Would you have kept it? How would you have handled Having it? this conversation the other day when Pujols hit 700. Yeah. And it's like, I think normally, hey, that's, you know, that's that guy's first home run or something or, the, you know, something like that. Yeah, I would just give it back. But I'm assuming you are talking about life-altering money with a, with Aaron Judge's 61, 61st home run ball. 
I mean, if we're talking over a million dollars, we're having a conversation. I want more than like a hat. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's I give it back. Would you really? Yeah. Even I'd if give it back. But would you? You want something I, in return, know, right? Like I wouldn't I, hold I, on I, to it. I would want something in return. See, I, if if you're talking about me personally, or if it's somebody in my family, I'd say have at it. But if it's me personally, I'm giving it back because really? honestly, oh yeah, look, it's it's the player thing. Once again, I'm sorry, I'm fat, fifty nine, but I'm going to think like a player. This is this belongs to you, buddy. I think it would matter. You're right. That context matters because with Pujols, he was like, I don't want it. Pujols was just like, that's fine. It's for the fans. I don't care. If Aaron Judge was like, hey, like I may never hit 61 again, I probably won't, right. and that ball would mean a lot, then that changes things yeah. a little bit. But if it's a matter of like, hey, give this to the Yankees or give get yeah. $1.5 million, we're having a conversation about the $1.5 million. Sure, at least. and once again, to be fair as well, I think it, a lot of that has to do with your own personal situation as well, right? I mean... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to your yeah we're all not four-time pro bowlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, why... <laughs> wow. Yep. I would give it back to. Would you really? I no, would no, because I, that's I, like Maloney, the player's moment. Back. Yeah. Maloney, I 100% would give it back. Like, do you imagine Wolf scores his first touchdown and throws the ball in the crowd and the fans like, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> You're not getting it. I'm going to keep it. If that happened, that we need to bring that, that fan back on the show 20 years later. You know, it was so amazing. I, I scored a touchdown, the first touchdown in my career in the NFL, and I gave the ball to the official, and yeah. then I tried to hunt it down and get it back <laughs> because it was my first run, yeah. and the guy wouldn't give it to me. That was Seriously? Yes. So you don't have it? No, I actually did oh, get it eventually, it. but it was after they used it on another play. It was bad. Did you score a touchdown on the other play, too? That would great. <laughs> no. Oh. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, does Kyler Murray need to run more? More and more people seem to think so. We're going to get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Nobody in this room is fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know, I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals. Now. All right, Wolf, regardless of how this goes, can you see the video right there uh, from Tampa? And they're going to play that Chiefs-Buccaneers game they're saying in Tampa yeah. this weekend. How about you just don't schedule games in Tampa or Miami in, like, the first four weeks of the season? Yeah. Do that? Yeah, I think that's probably an ill-advised move by the NFL. Uh, anyway, the Cardinals will be playing in Carolina, and as we've been talking about, the running game is going to be a big part of it. Kyler Murray talked about that yesterday. Obviously, Kyler Murray is going to be a big part of it as uh, as well. And so there's been that conversation with that stat that's out there that producer Wolf actually is the one that found where when Kyler records at least 10 rushing attempts, the Cardinals are nine and one. When he doesn't see more than five carries, Arizona's three seventeen and one. And it's a glaring 0 11 and one when he rushes the ball less than four times. Yes. So that's uh, yeah, that's. And if you want to run him more, go ahead, have at it. You want to you want to call runs for him? Is that what you want? Um, you know what? Uh, okay, that's fine. 
then we'll be talking about him having no rushing attempts because at some point in time, he's going to be hurt. Well, then that would make them 0-11-1. <laughs> then that would add to that No, it'd stuff. be 0-12 no. at that point. Um, but that tie really throws the, everything off. Yeah, we've had the conversation. Zoe had it when, when he was in here with us as well. Uh, I know that stats like that are going to are going to certainly make it even more amplified because you have a lot of people out there. Like I haven't even read this Washington Post story that for, for some reason in Washington they are calling the Cardinals uh, a debacle this season. So I feel like I need to read that at some point. I mean, look, I'm watching the games. Obviously, we're watching them a lot more closely here than they are in Washington. They are one and two. They're not one and twelve yeah. right now. Uh, but then there's also this, and this is from the I Am Athlete pod, which is Brandon Marshall, LaShawn McCoy, and Legger Doosable. And Doosable to me is the best last name because it sounds like a mafia guy. Okay. Like, yeah, it's Doosable. Yeah, why so, not? LaShawn McCoy. You're talking about Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy. Shady. Here's Shady, right? Okay. Talking about Kyler. I don't even know what the context is on this. I'm just going to play it. You know how we talk about Kyler Murray? It's like he's streaming. Should he be studying, doing that? That's who Aiton is. He's trash. Aiden, no, but Aiden played his role. You're like Aiden. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, you, your example, and I'm saying that the player you use is trash. Kyler is Murray? It? Trash. Wow. I'm over trash? He put like a, he put like high school player. Runs around. <laughs> I think, I think he's over high. Runs backwards. He does a circle, the ballerina circle, then goes left, goes right, turns all the way around again, then looks for a wide receiver. He's trash. That's not how you play home? quarterback. Wow. Man, you 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 came in and said you had heard that, and I was like, I wonder if maybe Wolf's exaggerating. You are not. No, that is, you know, um, we should have asked Zoe about this because Zoe knows Shady McCoy Mm -hmm. and knows the person that he is right there, and by reputation, this is the way that he is supposedly, and. Honestly, to call Kyler Murray trash is just ridiculous. He's got how many Pro Bowls? Two Pro Bowls. Yep. Voted on by his peers, of course. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna call him trash. Um, that's that's awful. I would assume there is an element of let's go a little over the top to promote our podcast, which again is the opposite of Wolf. When you bring up Wolf's new podcast, he says, "Hey, move on." <laughs> when you when you bring up Shady's new podcast, he says something inflammatory like Kyler Murray is trash. Uh, he went on. Kyler Murray is not comparable to Patrick Mahomes. Although before I play this, you cannot be Patrick Mahomes and not be trash. There's a lot of room between Patrick Mahomes and trash. So Mahomes can do a Mahomes. And let me tell you about Mahomes real quick. Majority of Mahomes passes are timing, Right. Third step, hit, boom, balls out. Fifth step, hit, boom, balls out. Now, sometimes he he, he goes off script because we all can do that. So I, I, I'm running to the left sometimes. I'm running to the right sometimes. But then I might stop and cut back. I go off script. Not every pass. Every pass is holding the ball. Let's make a miracle. Just watch the guy. Well, every game he's played, watch him play. It's, it's really embarrassing, to be honest. Like, who's coaching this kid? Now, when they say, we want you to, we want to sign you. I don't want to listen to it anymore because it's it's a flat out lie. What he's saying, it's a lie. There's still seven seconds left. I write it again, and I know exactly what it was. It was more of that right there, a flat out lie. Every play, Kyler Murray's running around throwing the ball. Every play, knock it off. I, I mean, it's just a, it's a lie, and we have to listen to that. I don't really understand. Again, it's not like I've heard the whole podcast. But it just sounds like the other. It sounds like Brandon Marshall hey. and Legger Doosable trying to talk, and LaShawn McCoy jumping in and being like, "Hold on, 
Kyler Murray's no good. And, and again, as I said before, I played the clip. You cannot be Patrick Mahomes and still be good. I'm going to go ahead and say Patrick Mahomes goes down in history as one of the five best quarterbacks ever. You know, five, six, seven, eight. He's going to be right. one of the top ten all time. He's yeah. in terms of just raw talent. He might be the greatest I've ever seen, other than maybe Aaron Rodgers. I, I just, you know, once again, when you when you listen to that, all he's saying is he he runs around all the time, every play. That's what he does before he throws the ball. I are you look at you, you can say you can have your belief. Okay, and Shady McCoy is entitled to his belief, whatever it may be. But when you start saying stuff and speaking in absolutes that that are nothing more than an absolute lie, yeah, you know what? You've got to reevaluate what you're listening to. It's garbage. Well, now I don't even know how to start this back up because I've never paused a cut midway through before, so I don't even know how to play the next one. There's a whole other cut that I'm guessing we're not going to play. I'm going to listen during the break, though, because I'm curious. I don't... Um, I don't know what to make of that, Wolf, other than I do think there's an element of, okay, I want to make people listen, so I'm going to say something to stand out. But we have heard versions of this, not that, but versions of people nationally that know football. Remember Keyshawn last year? It wasn't like this. Keyshawn sure. wasn't, you know, but Keyshawn last year kept calling it the air raid. Remember how, how, uh, yeah. and Keyshawn knows football. Yeah. And so again, it was just, and LaShawn McCoy knows football. So it, to me, there's probably an element of, I haven't really watched the Cardinals this year, but I know what I saw from Kyler a year and a half ago. No, you know what he saw? He saw the highlights of Kyler Murray running around in the second half against the Raiders, right? That's what he saw. That's the him game making play. Exactly. But he, that's what he saw. He saw him running around. You can't do it all the time. You can't run. And, and he literally said that. It's just, you know, every play, he's running around. He's not reading coverage. And it's that's just not true if you watch the games. I want to get to this, though. We haven't got to play this yet. Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, because he was asked, are teams doing anything different to stop Kyler from being able to run yeah it's it's hard to tell um sometimes um you know he didn't get out as much last week but they were really keeping things in front you know Ben but don't break had a good plan and and uh you know held us to field goals which um was it was a great scheme and great job by them but you know he, he picks his, his spots and um knows when to utilize his legs it's yeah. funny that the stuff shady was was upset about is like the stuff that i think makes kyler murray so dangerous because he can do it Six or seven times a game. Yeah, um, he, he just doesn't do it every play, and he was dead serious when he said that every play. He sounded it's just the the first clip that you had me play. I thought he was, you know, maybe okay. he was just saying something to say it. The second time, he almost sounded angry. Yeah, yeah, you know. Once again, listen. This is the way teams are going to approach the Arizona Cardinals: the bend but don't break mentality. This is the way they're going to do it. It's not going to go away. This is the reason why it's so imperative. It's so critical, my brothers. The Cardinals learn to run the ball and get back to running the ball well, the way they were in the first 12 weeks of the 2021 season. Running the ball well. It's critical to the rest of the entire season. If they don't do it, this is all you're going to see. It's going to be a struggle uphill all season long. you got to be able to run the ball against teams that adopt this bend-but-don't-break mentality. Only the Cardinals had five running backs to make this plan work. 
Text us your thoughts <laughs> to the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what are you watching for when the Cardinals take on the Panthers on Sunday? It's the Thursday edition of What Will Wolf Watch? And it's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. This happy music coming back from break. Well, it's uplifting. Well, you hit the post right there, too, when yeah. you said that. Yeah. Dink, 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 dink. It just kind of, I don't know, it has a cheers quality to it, doesn't it? I actually don't the know what that is. The old sitcom. I don't think I know cheers. what this is. Yeah, no, I know, I know what cheers is. Oh, I don't okay. think I know what song okay. is. Yeah. We, we wanted to bring you back with some happy music after after uh, hearing all the shady stuff. Oh, yeah, so is that going to be our happy? That's going to be our happy stuff uh, right there? Right hey, my day. We're going to put that in the positive column. <laughs> yes. we got to get these columns. we got to set these up. And the other shows are going to be like, what are these columns here in the middle of the uh, <laughs> The positive column, the negative column, yeah. and the delusional column. Oh, we've definitely, we could find I some stuff that. for the delusional column. Uh, all right, it's time for a little What Will Wolf Watch Thursday edition, Wolf. Yeah, what do you say we go ahead and roll that beautiful music? What Will Wolf Watch of Friends and Football? Oh, friendships are something most people cherish and covet. Thomas Aquinas once said, there was nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. And although I think this legendary Italian Dominican friar and priest was dead wrong, history might support his musings. Hey, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield are friends. They have a history. The two were both at Oklahoma, competing to be the starting quarterback for Lincoln Riley. And although Kyler Murray was more physically gifted than Baker Mayfield, Baker had quarterbacked the Sooners into the college football playoffs the year before Kyler showed up, eventually won the Heisman Trophy, and was drafted number one overall, and Kyler Murray walked the same path. Although it seems to be work for some, friendship has always been an act of will for most human beings. Many friends seem to share the same interests, enjoy the same things, while other friendships are defined by good-natured competitiveness, like Kyler and Baker. They're out there in a warm-up drill seeing who could throw the best spiral, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley called. It was just constantly about that with those two. Obviously, he was a guy, but I gave him a bunch of bleep all the time, said Kyler Murray. It was competitive, but at the same time, we had the best quarterback room in the country. We knew it. The confidence, the swagger about the room was unmatched, and it was fun. Ooh. Winning is fun, too. And so much of the time, winning is determined by the quarterback that plays better in a game. The Arizona Cardinals are traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina on Sunday. And although these two quarterbacks are capable of winning games, this game might be which cue that makes the fewest mistakes will win it. Henry David Thoreau said, the most I can do for my friend is simply be his friend. And although we all want to support our friends in times of trouble, many times we also wish to beat our friends when given the opportunity. After all, as Jim Morrison said, a friend is someone who gives you total 
total freedom to be yourself. Kyla Murray and Baker Mayfield need to be themselves and will try to beat each other. But in a twist of competitive irony, this game should come down to the team that runs the ball the best. Both quarterbacks will be competing to throw the ball well enough to not create any turnovers and quarterback their team to victory under a dark and rainy sky. Helen Keller once quipped, walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. And although this may be true, Baker Mayfield will not be alone. The Panthers must put him in a balanced offense, use Christian McCaffrey to run the ball, and allow Baker Mayfield to manage the game. The Panthers' offensive line has been solid in terms of running the ball, but they have struggled to protect Baker. Matt Rule loves to get into power personnel groups and run the ball, especially early in games, but they use 11 personnel 70% of the time, even though they don't perform well in rundown situations. Situations. This will not be the case on Sunday. The Panthers are going to try and pound the ball between the tackles and force the Cardinals' defensive line to take on their offense's strength, their running game. The friendship between Kyler and Baker is different, and so are their leadership styles. Baker Mayfield is trying to lead a team he barely knows. Kyler Murray is trying to lead a team that handed him $230 million. Even though their circumstances are as different as their personalities, they both would do well to listen to Aristotle, who said, A friend to all is a friend to none. Indeed. Is that Rush? Is that Coheed and Cambria? That was Rush right there. Take a friend. Take a friend. I never heard of Take a Friend with Rush until I actually researched it. And there it was. And I love it. That's old Rush. You hit the post there, too? Well, I think that was the post. It was pretty close right there. You'd never heard that song before? Never heard that song before. And... Basically hit the post. Yeah, well that, that was kind of that a, was my a, a hectic song, too. That was but pretty, you get my point. Yeah, I do get your it, point. It really is um, a friendship. These two guys want to beat each other badly. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I have been sort of wondering this. This this has not been a story as much this week as it was when the Cardinals played the Browns last year or when the Cardinals played the Browns a couple years ago of, hey, it's Kyler versus Baker. Now it's, now it's Baker on a new team, and you got two teams desperate for a win. And I, I'm surprised it really hasn't been almost any bit of the storyline heading into this game. Yeah, right. Because. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen for a lot of people when you stop and think about it. Yeah. Right now they're looking at two one and two teams. But what if That's Baker what Mayfield, what if Baker Mayfield does have a good game? Like he is capable of having good games. What if he has a good game? Now, what that yeah. does to me, Wolf, is I think we're going to see Kyler Murray at his best in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, I do think there is an element of, you know, you're not going to one up me. No, I I do believe there is a competitive nature to this big time, even though they are good friends. Um, Yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to come out. He's going to give the Arizona Cardinals his best. Um, But man, watching him on tape, he hasn't been great. Yeah, whatever happened to him? Because two years ago, it's not like he was, you know, on the fast track to being the best quarterback in the league. And obviously, Cleveland, you know, they took him ahead of Lamar and Josh Allen. So that's going to go down in history as a, as as a mess up. That, to be fair, if you if you can think back to that draft going into the draft, 
I don't think a lot of people thought Baker was going to be the first pick until the Browns kind of set it earlier that day. But nobody was taking Lamar with the first pick. So you almost have to set him aside if you're going to blame the, the Browns. But either way, you look back to that draft class. He was the number one overall pick. He was decent two years ago. Mm-hmm. But last year he was beat up and bad. And this year he's just kind of been almost a non-factor, it feels like, in their first three games. You know, once again, when I traveled with the Cardinals to play the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, you'll remember that game. The Cardinals won that game, of course. Um, just talking to some of my buddies from the Cleveland Browns, some guys that I had played with, guys who are analysts, of course, locally, um, man, they were really down on Baker Mayfield. That really got my antenna going up. That was early last season. It was early last season. And I'm like, what, what are you guys talking about? They never felt like, um, he was the guy who could get it done when you needed it the most. That was what they felt like. Now, again, uh, they won a playoff game and went into Kansas City. Yeah, almost beat gave the them, too. Yeah, gave them everything they wanted. But in, in crunch time, they didn't think he was at his was best. It interesting that they thought that last year early in the season because it really seemed to unravel in the second half of the season last year. Yes. I mean, that Cardinals-Browns game wasn't like the first game. I think it was like the fifth or the sixth, but still. All right, we come back. The Bengals are playing the Dolphins tonight, and Cincinnati did something in practice to hopefully help them start fast. Could the Cardinals do the same thing? We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I would have. I'm sorry. This is one of the best songs ever. Remember the video where everything's just melting at the start of the video? Yes. Um, all right. Maloney pointed this out during the break, Wolf. You seen what the Dolphins are doing? Because you you have a story on what the Bengals are doing to prepare for this game tonight, right? Yeah. Okay. I have something for what the Dolphins are doing. What the Dolphins are doing? Okay. Okay. Thursday night game, of course. It's a good one. Um, Talking about the Dolphins at the Bengals. Yes. Tonight, Bengals just went to the Super Bowl. Uh, The Dolphins, a team that that I I I was in on at the start of the season. I didn't necessarily think they'd be three and zero. Uh, but part of the reason I was in on them, Wolf, is because, uh, A, you add Tyreek Hill, B, you have Jalen Waddell, C, you add Mike McDaniel, who seems to get it. And I wonder how much of San Francisco's success was because of him on offense. All right? Oh, uh, yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit see. of a jump there, well, but I'm in just, my opinion. But, but let's but, see. Yeah, but that, okay, but right, there's some sure. upside there. He's right. going to my – they were already winning nine games every year anyway. Meritocracy. Let's prove so it, let's shall see. we? So there's Tom Pelissero tweeted this out a few minutes ago. Said the Dolphins noticed people watching their walkthrough Wednesday in Cincinnati, so they made a sly adjustment. Okay, all the clips circulating on Twitter have 12 players on offense. Fake plays, fake routes on real plays. Either way, Mike McDaniel and company are staying one step ahead. <laughs> then they have a picture of Mike McDaniel looking like he's staying one step ahead. So. So wait a minute, you're telling me they thought there were people watching their walkthroughs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, would that be the first time that it's happened in Probably the National not. Football League? There's no, <laughs> no, there is not. That's very, very interesting right there, right? Uh, 12 players they had out. That's 12 personnel right there. Yeah, that would be 12 indeed. Man, that's, that's an extreme. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I do know, I don't know one NFL coach who's not totally paranoid. Yeah, I think that you have to be to get the job. You you do. It's by it's it's they ask you right in the there. interview. Like, are you, you paranoid? Suspect everybody, everybody, <laughs> that everybody's out for you, and all they're trying to do is rip off your game plan. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that many, many times. Well, I don't you, know. You played one for Belichick. Coaches. He wasn't paranoid, right? <laughs> he He's was, the one making everybody paranoid. <laughs> he was like. He was out of his mind on that one right there. I'm going to just move on if you don't mind. Um, wow, that's an interesting story, though. Um, it's interesting, though, the Bengals. Yeah. What they did. I, I like what the Bengals did this past week, Basinonians, in their win over the New York Jets. Um, in, instead of position groups taking the field for practice separately, they actually entered as a unit. Now, okay. think about that. You're getting ready to go out to practice, man. You just want to say practice. Right. Practice. And you're not going out separately as, you know, a running back room or we're going to go out. Okay, the receivers are ready to go. You're going to go out as a team, as a unit. You're going to go out there. It was part of their preparation to create a sense of urgency and avoid, and avoid I should say, an 0-3 start. And guess what? It, it worked. Now, you know, they were just playing the Jets, of course, and I say that with all due respect because even the Jets have NFL players. They're taking receipts on everything you say. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. So I'm sorry, Robert Sala. I'm sorry. But they tried something different, I think, in practice, the Bengals, just to remind players of what they needed to do to be ready for the game. When the game started, they did something. Listen, I'm not going to say that that's why the Bengals beat the Jets. Because they came out and, man, they were ready to play. Because they were. They got off to an early lead and they were ready to play. Not saying it was because of what they did. But I thought it was interesting to see that they were trying at least Mm -hmm. to do something. To remind the players, we got to start fast. So you know what we're all going to do? We're going to go out as an offense. That's what we're going to do. Even for practice, we're all going to go out together to make a statement to ourselves of what it means to get off to a fast start and to make sure that you are going to be ready. That sense of urgency is there. I I, I love that I, idea. I, I, yeah, I, I'm. First of all, it worked obviously. But Zach Taylor is. You know, we're going to have two of the the better young coaches in the NFL coaching against each other tonight. You you have to. Try something different when what you're trying isn't working, especially in the NFL. You can do it in baseball and be like, well, you know, we're off to an 0-2 start. Well, who cares? You've got 160 more games. If you're supposed to be good, that will play out. If you start 0-2 in the NFL or you start, I mean, if the Cardinals lose this week and they're 1-3, like, you yeah, change some stuff. If Cincinnati had lost and went 0-3, yeah. just because you were in the Super Bowl last year doesn't mean you get to go back this year. You have to do something, even if it's unconventional. And like you said, maybe that didn't mean anything, but they did score a touchdown five and a half minutes into the game. Sure. But you got to figure out something. And if it's if it's not a problem where there's a clear playbook on how to fix it, you might have to get a little unconventional. 
You know, stop and think about it, too. You think it's bad here, based on Indians? Oh, the Arizona Cardinals are one and two, and, and they don't look good. And you're right, they don't. Um, yet at the same time, I look at the names, I look at the talent, and all I think of is a better day. It's coming, right? It's coming. It's got to. Right? <laughs> For me, you think of the Bengals at one and two right now. You think it's bad here? Think of the Bengals. Especially when they were 0-2. At 1-2. Especially when they were 0-2. The Bengals, Super Bowl AFC champion, Super Bowl participant, and here they are. They were staring 0-3 in the face. And it's their offense that looks a little suspect as well with Joe Burrow. Well, and you can imagine what they're talking about there. They don't block for their quarterback. And we already we've seen him get hurt before. We saw him last year be not the only reason, but the main reason they made it to the Super Bowl, but they couldn't really protect him last year. And I thought, okay, they probably went out and dressed that in the offseason. It's been sacked more than anybody other any other player in the NFL this year. So too. you're telling me the fact that the uh, Bengals are number 30 in terms of sacks per attempt allowed? Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me there's only two teams in the league that actually allow their quarterback to be sacked more? Then Joe Burrow, they haven't fixed that. They haven't rectified the very thing. Like, they improved their offensive line in the offseason. Great. Total sacks, nobody has allowed more sacks. <laughs> 15. The commanders oh have 15 as goodness. well. And Joe Burrow gets the ball out of there pretty quick. You know, this is not a, well, okay, maybe they're giving up sacks because Joe Burrow holds onto the ball too long. Joe Burrow's a pretty good quarterback. Pretty good quarterback, and their interception rate is number 24 in the National Football League. So they are at the bottom third of the league in that regard. So the protection's been bad, and Joe Burrow has been bad. Uh, this we should do this. This should be a segment. Let's like this segment we're doing Cincinnati Sports Radio. We'll just do it once a week because that's absolutely what they were talking about in Cincinnati. I guarantee you, if we can't protect our quarterback, he's going to get hurt, and we need to beat the Jets to salvage our season. Now, on the other side of things tonight, Wolf, you have the Dolphins. How about Jay Williams, who's on this show frequently, said, yeah, okay, the Dolphins are 3-0. and You think I'm a believer in the Dolphins, Wolf? How about, how about Jay Williams right here? He said, they could start 11-0. and We could see the Dolphins, if they get by Cincy, mm-hmm. be 11-0. and Ooh, tell me more. Look at, so their next several games on their schedule, if they get by okay. Cincy, Jets at Jets, which is going to be a game. I win. Vikings at home, mm-hmm. Steelers at home, mm-hmm. at Lions, at Bears. Browns, Texans. Steelers have beat them. Okay, but I'm saying it, the schedule is favorable. Yeah, you know, he's right about that. <laughs> that sounds pretty good right now. But keep in mind, once again, a lot can happen in three weeks in the NFL. Uh, yeah, well, and, and your quarterback has a back injury. That that in itself is a big enough uh, concern to me that, that I would temper expectations. Tua, I, I love Tua Tungavailoa. I expect, I, I respect, I should say, his talent greatly, but man, he is brittle. He really is. And it's hard. It's so hard to make any type of long-term plans or have any long-term expectations because he is so brittle. All right, we come back. Back over to basketball. Is this D.A. Monty Williams situation going to be a distraction to the Suns this season? Devin Booker weighed in, and you'll hear what he had to say next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.